The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Geekish Cast, episode number 171. It is Life Day. Do you know where your Wookiees are? Pretty. <laughs> we um, <laughs> we are doing something different this week. Normally, my first episode of the week would be an interview, but I didn't feel like doing an interview. Uh, and then the second would be the group conversation that we normally do with Joe, Paul, and a co-host and myself. But instead, we're going to do two group conversations about Star Wars The Last Jedi, it's appropriate because in 2015, I started podcasting because of The Force Awakens, so it's appropriate to spend a lot of time talking about this movie now that it's out. So, excellent. yeah, so I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me this week, here to help me, you know, let the past die or kill it if we have to, is my co-host, Joe Slepsky. What's happening, Joe? Hey, Jeremy, thanks for having me on, man. Well, thank you for uh, being here. I know we're we're kind of throwing monkey wrenches and everything by doing this on different nights and whatnot, oh, but it's all good. I love me some Star Wars. And also joining us tonight is our other co-host, Paul Vieira. What's happening, Paul? What's up? I'm so freaking ready to talk Star Wars. Awesome. Uh-huh. Awesome. So ready. So ready. Awesome. Uh, also joining us is my other co-host from my other show, but also the host of Legacy of Power, a Power Rangers podcast, Robbie Eleanor. What's happening, Rob? Oh, not too much. Ready to talk some Star Wars. Awesome. Awesome. And also joining us tonight from, oh, God, I, his list is so long, founder and bassist from the punk band Tsunami Bomb, uh, writer and artist for Dinosaur Factory, host of the Three Gigs podcast. He also is an insurance salesman, Dominic Davy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, how's it going? And let me talk to you about the special insurance for Blue Shield. It's amazing. It's a wonderful program. You should really all think about your families getting on it. See, I knew I knew that was something you could do. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, from Postmortem Radio, it's Oz. What's happening, Oz? Hey, what's happening, Jeremy? Thanks for having me. It sounds like it sounds like all of us uh, have a nerd boner on full alert here. Yeah, it, it sounds. <laughs> it does sound that right. way. It does Ready sound to that talk way. Some Star Wars. Yeah. It so we, like you have, it sounds like you have a Wookiee in the background there. See. You got Chewie there as a special guest in the background? Well, it is. It's Ollie, my Tauntaun. Uh, now, oh, you Tauntaun. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did have a couple uh, guest hosts not make it tonight. Andrea Kyle Peterson and Manny Geekman could not be here. Their Tauntaun froze to death before it reached the first marker. Uh, 
Yes. Now that being said, <laughs> then you'll then you'll had, see them in hell. Yep. Yeah. That means they, they must they be had, back to tank right now, right? Yeah. Covering for Saturday's episode. Pretty you much. Know, some Blue Shield uh, Tauntaun insurance <laughs> that we offer a special program on. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, guys. So, um, because there's so many of us, we're going to kind of try to add some order to this. And I've got a direction of questions I want to ask, but of course, feel free to wander off and do what you want. But uh, I want to start with what our expectations for this movie were, and uh, we are going to go in the order of Joe first. Okay, expectations for the movie. I thought they would shed more light on some of the mysteries that uh, were presented in Episode 7. I also thought that they were going to uh, resolve some stuff that dealt with Carrie Fisher's passing. And uh, I also expected to have a good time. Those were my pre-movie expectations. Well, there we go. Dominic, what were your expectations going in? Pretty similar. I thought that they would move the story forward in terms of these mysteries in China showing the deeper set. I thought we would see a lot about Luke Skywalker and what his frame of mind he was in and what he would, how he would move the story forward uh, and how he would be uh, important moving forward into the, the third and final movie. And I thought that it would... You know, considering who was stepping in, I thought it would have, you know, it would throw out a lot of twists and turns for everybody and kind of surprise some people. <laughs> okay. I wasn't wrong. No, you were not. <laughs> so, Oz, yeah, I figured, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. But, Go ahead, Dominic. I didn't mean to catch no, you I, uh, The last thing I was just going to say, I, I expected it to probably, because it was Disney and because they try to play it somewhat safe, I had expected it to follow roughly the pattern of Empire. Um, but I thought that because of the criticisms in uh, Force Awakens, they would probably try uh, equally hard to distance itself from it, too, in some other weird – that would be the surprises. That's what I thought going in. Okay. Oz, what were your expectations going in? Uh, kind of similar to uh, to what they just said. Um, I expected them to carry the story forward. Um, I expected – uh, some answers to some key, uh, you know, questions uh, that were, you know, key plot points in, in The Force Awakens. And there were a lot of similarities in The Force Awakens to A New Hope. So I also uh, expected somewhat to have an Empire feel, which is also my favorite installment of the entire saga. Um, so I was really, really excited going in and I expected... Um, to have an erection the entire, uh, the entire film. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, so you say you like Empire Strikes Back. I, I think you're the only person who enjoyed that movie. Am I missing something here? Do I, yeah. do I remember wrong? Paul, what were your expectations going into this one? Uh, I tried not to have it, uh, any expectations, but of course you do. I expected to get answers like we thought, like, okay, Snoke's going to be like Mace Windu or Ray's parents is going to be like Nine Nub or, you know, something yeah. like that, like something crazy. So I was expecting those things. I, I expected someone from the original trilogy to die, and uh, I expected it to kind of do the beats of Empire, just like everybody else. I thought it was going to be, you know, a, a Star Wars movie, a typical first second third act of the movie so yeah um and robbie what were your expectations going into the last jedi um well i'm a big mark hamill guy so with the end of force awakens i didn't even get a line from mark hamill i was you know really anticipating a lot of luke which we got uh some of the answers like 
Ray's parents and Snoke. I was looking forward to that, which we kind of got. Um, yeah, that was about it. And I will add that my favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith. Robbie's a younger uh, person, if you couldn't tell by that answer. <laughs> I spit my beer all over my computer. Yeah. <laughs> that is a serious answer, by the way. I wasn't just trying to mess with you guys. I, that is my favorite of the prequels, though, so you're, you're not too far off the mark. It's a good one. It's a good one. Huh, Obi-Wan. That's yeah. the only prequel that I will watch. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. There is no wrong answers today, by the way. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I just picture, yeah. no! Every time I think of that, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Padme, Panda Bear, whatever her Panda Bears? What the <laughs> heck? I was, I was, I was quoting uh, Robot Chicken. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We just like watching little children get killed. Just admit it. <laughs> well, who yeah, doesn't? I will uh, add that I am part of a charity slash cosplay group that is strictly Star Wars. And I do Anakin from Revenge of the Sith for the group. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. And it's yeah. called Echo if anyone wants to check it out on Facebook. Is that Jake Lloyd Anakin or Hayden Christensen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate to be the one to throw this out there. Sebastian Shaw is the only real Anakin, but, you know, any, anyhow. Um, just, yeah. Um, so, anyways, guys. I, I need to do this part first because I can tell there's one person here who's going to be a little bit more contrarian than the others. <laughs> on the scale of one to five light, them. yeah, on the scale of one to five lightsabers, how many lightsabers would you give this movie, Dominic? Oh, wow! He, uh... Uh, I would give this one. I'd go for Paul. Three. Oh, I thought you were saying four. Three lightsabers. Paul, how many out of one to five? How many lightsabers would you give it? Can I give it a half a lightsaber? No, no. There's no such thing as a half lightsaber. It's either on or off. Why? Can, can we like... give it a lightsaber without a crystal? No, you cannot. It's either on or off. That that that's an off okay. lightsaber. That's a no lightsaber. Being being that there's no halves, I will say four out of five lightsabers. Four out of five. Joe, how about you? Four out of five. Uh, Oz, how about you? There's no halves. No halves. One. One. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I, was, I was I was serious about giving it the lightsaber without the crystal. Holy bantha poodoo, that's low. <laughs> Rob, Robbie, how many how many lightsabers do you give it out of five? After that, I almost want to give it five, but I'll go four. Go four. So we're a bunch of uh, curve graders, I can tell here. We're kind of on the lower the lower spectrum. Um. Jeez, that's I'm stunned that you went as low as one there, Oz. Um, he's not alone. No, he's not. He's really not. About half I the am audience. On this show, cause I, I can feel I'm getting ganged up on here. No, <laughs> no, no not no, at no, all. No, I can just no, feel no it. Way, no way. No, no, no that's way, no way. I, I think. Yeah, as long as you I don't think talk a... smack about Yoda. Yeah. Okay. So that that he's got to be worth the the one star. Yeah. Well, he's, that's... He's, he's worth uh, half of the first light the lightsaber. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's a handle. So, You're just giving him a handle. <laughs> just just well, a hilt. Yeah, well that's gonna end the spoiler free section of the show, so from here on out it's all spoilers. <laughs> um so Oz, whoa, why I mean, can you encapsulate it quickly into just like the first thing where you said, Oh, I don't like this? What what was it? Uh 
quickly no i mean it's it, i've i've got plenty to i've got plenty of artillery to to throw at this thing and being a lifelong i mean i i grew up on star wars and i mean i i remember seeing you know jedi in a theater when i was nine years old my mom took me to see it with my freaking speeder bike toy in my hand watching the whole thing i mean i love star wars and you know i i really i thought it started off okay you know, I thought the the space battle at the beginning uh, with the dreadnought and everything, I thought that was cool. Um, I mean, do you want to get into specifics, or do, I mean, do you? I mean, well, yeah, kind you of. Me I, to start. I, yeah. You want me to go chronologically what I didn't like about it? Uh, well, the, the know, first like, the first thing you didn't like about it. The first thing I didn't like about it was Leia's uh, Superwoman through space. That uh, that was fucking dog shit. I I couldn't. I was, I mean, it's either Superwoman or Mary Poppins, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was, I don't know. I just thought it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, if that were the case when they issued, you know, ex- that order to kill all the Jedis, I mean, then, you know, all the, they showed a Jedi getting shot down in, in his his fighter jet, uh, not jet, but spacecraft. And, I mean, then every Jedi should have been able to do that. I mean, Leia wasn't even a trained Jedi. Um so I just, well, I just hold on, hold on. You, no, you, hold on. you, 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 you don't know, was... you don't know that Leia was not a trained Jedi. You have no idea what happened in the last 30 years, but go exactly. ahead, Joe. Also, she's part of the Skywalker lineage, which we know is one of the most powerful lineage in this, in the movies. And two, don't you think it's a little bit, uh, at least the way they treated it was a little bit like when uh, a mother gets in a car wreck and she has to show Herculean strength, you know, the adrenaline rushes. And, you know, she rips the car door off to save her kid, which happens every, you know, that happens all the time in real life. That Those real documented cases. Right, but that happens on a so, planet in an, I mean, we're talking in a vacuum in space. Right, but. That's just, I'm sorry. Well, there's, there's, a cartoon, there's, 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 there's a Rebels cartoon show, too. Yeah, I mean, there's precedent, there's precedence in sci-fi movies for showing people surviving that kind of space uh, exposure. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Trek, like, that's, that's a modern trope. I don't know, I'm not. Uh, uh, what's the science guy? Oh, uh, three Bill Nye. Now, well, Bill Nye, or, or uh, <laughs> you know, the, you know, I'm not a scientist, but it, that's been a thing that they've been showing that people surviving in space. It's not like the old days on, on Total Recall when 30 seconds on Mars and your eyes explode. Right, but I mean, like, just I mean, just showing it and it being and, and it being believable is too, too, too. I mean, you can show me, you can show me people flying around in space all, all you know. All the live long day, it doesn't mean I'm going to believe it's friggin' feasible. Well, it also put her in a coma. Let's not forget that. I think it would do a little bit more than that, but but really, honestly, I mean that that one is you know I, I can I can whatever on that one. That one I honestly thought might be the one thing they changed due to her passing to kind of elevate her character to be you know maybe more powerful you know to to show that you know she was. I don't know. I, I I mean I don't have any I'm, I don't have anything to base that on, but I just I do kind of wonder if maybe that was something they threw in there after her passing to mag magnify I, her character. I don't, I don't think it were. That was part of the original story. I think that they had an arc for her, but they clearly didn't change much to include or about her passing in this movie. They yeah, were I, clearly I building her up to carry the to be the Skywalker to carry the third. Early on, they had mentioned that they had had big plans for Leia for nine. Yeah. And that was going to be a big showcase. Actually, Mark Hamill had said uh, a while back that 
The first movie was focused a little bit on Han as far as the classics. The second was going to be his moment, and then the third was supposed to be Leia's. Yeah, but uh, and that, 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 would, that makes sense. That makes, yeah, I mean, so it would make sense, but I mean, unfortunately, it's, yeah. changing anything for her, didn't they? Uh, I didn't know they had said that they hadn't changed anything, but they clearly didn't. I mean, they clearly didn't change anything. Uh, well, I, so. I am fascinated to find out what was or wasn't changed. They really, uh, I cannot wait for that eventually to come out. I thought I, I read somewhere that they that they said they didn't change much, but um, I mean, obviously the, you know, episode it's, nine is going to. It changed. It changed the plan for nine. I right. know that. But like, I also have heard from a couple sources that. You know, I saw some people posting like, well, I'm sure Disney has this big plan. And I've heard like, no, they don't. No. <laughs> Not really. They're kind uh, of flying more by the seat of their yeah. pants. Well, and they did in come the, out. And, well, that, I think, that seems to be apparent by how much they threw out the stuff that Abrams introduced in the previous episode. Well, this definitely yeah, does that was, seem like the biggest fuck you towards J.J. Abrams that huge. I could possibly imagine. That was my else? biggest... That was my biggest complaint was that, my, you know, the, the, the biggest part of, um, you know, The Force Awakens is all about Luke's lightsaber and, oh, it's calling to Rey. And, I mean, it's almost like it's got a life of its own. And then you end that movie on this cliffhanger and then you just totally shit on it and he just tosses the lightsaber. Behind. I mean, that I, thing I thought. I actually I didn't mind the toss. I didn't mind the toss because I feel that. like that. Yeah, I feel like with Luke, we, I mean, I didn't mind Grumpy Luke. I was kind of expecting Grumpy Luke, and I, and a Jedi would be like, "What the hell did you bring this me this to me for?" The the thing I think that that was the I, okay. One of the things I've heard as well is that they love that Disney loves Johnson. They love him. They love him. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to work with them. He knows how to make people happy. Uh, JJ not so much i've heard that from multiple sources uh i'm a little surprised they brought him back for the last i also heard that uh they were so distracted with all the problems with the han solo movie that they weren't able to be as on top of everybody on this film so they kind of had to roll with it and because johnson was able to glad handle them really well they went along with everything he said i know that jj abrams pitched his new story for nine today and he supposedly had to process a lot but I also heard from multiple sources that I have at Disney and at Lucasfilm that they were like that, that that literally they said, yeah, all bets off on nine. Anything you've heard them say, them claim, anything leading up, like JJ's coming from a whole other angle. And that was part of the deal to bring him back is that he gets to fix this however he sees fit because uh, I don't I don't think I mean it clearly he was trying to build stuff and I, I don't know. One thing I wanted to think, I've made this point to a lot of people. Like, this movie, I th think, is actually, in of itself as a movie, is a good movie. But I think it pissed off a lot of fans by going directions that it didn't expect. And when I, I remember being in film school, and when we were looking at Alfred Hitchcock and we were studying him, he had this big, this big thing that he presented one time where he said, he talked about movie making and storytelling and building suspense and he said, you know, one of the things that you have to realize as a filmmaker and a storyteller is if you show two men sitting at a table talking and then you click back and forth to underneath that table and right, show a time right. bomb and you click back to them, you go back to the bomb, you go back to them, you build all this suspense. You cannot blow them up. They have to survive because you set up this story. You've let your like otherwise everyone walks away going, 
what just happened? What was that? And they get mad at you and they won't forgive you. And in this case, I feel like Disney made a mistake here because I think that they built that time bomb that they built suspense with the mystery behind Snoke, the Ray's backstory, and they built it up off screen with everybody saying, oh, this means a lot. This is interesting that we care about it. And then I think they thought Johnson thought he was being really clever and he was opening it up and saying, oh, anybody can be a Jedi. And it's a bigger story than that. And I was like, I get that. But there is literally nobody, even the people in this group that like this movie, that heard Ray's background and went, oh, she's nobody. I care about her so much more now. <laughs> uh, I Hold on. I am actually yeah. going to take exception with that because <laughs> Me too. Me too. it was the only well, answer. It was the only answer. <laughs> well, it's shit. That ain't the first time today. You know? <laughs> Um, but that was the only answer I think I would have found completely acceptable. Look, I was firmly in the she's a Kenobi camp. Firmly. I still think she's going to be because it's Kylo Ren that told her she was nothing and nobody while exactly. trying. Exactly. I do I do too. I think I, he, exactly. I think he was trying he was messing he was fucking with her, trying to get him to join her or her to join him. And uh I I, I you you don't have that big you don't let that be such a big secret all throughout that film of of the force awakens and i mean purposely cut away from mass katana and han when they're talking about who she, her, her who she is and all this shit i mean it's got to be something of significance it, yeah it, it, why would that just, light that lightsaber call to her so much why would obi-wan well, then, be heard in her head why, <laughs> right why why would there there's got to be some explanation as to what what the strong connection between her and kylo ren is there has to be a connection. She has to be some, well, some, some, someone of... Well, hold on. No, they, they say in this movie what it is. It's because as the dark side becomes more Thank powerful, you. the balance of the Force creates a light side user who will be equal to and just as powerful. True. But at the same time, I feel like if you're going to hear Obi-Wan in your head, whether you know him or not, and they like during the making of Force Awakens, Daisy Ridley even said, like she goes, I think it's pretty obvious who her parents are if you watch the movie. And it's yeah. like everybody was like, yeah, come on, listen to her, watch her. It's like, oh, she lives out in the desert. She's totally self-sufficient. She speaks with a British accent. She hears Obi-Wan's voice in her head. I think there were a lot of analogies there. And I think that it was a mistake. Whether you agree with it or not, I think largely a lot of fan rage is, is based around the expectations for these mysteries that meant something. And this movie tried to make a serious point of saying, nah, fuck it. Well, and you know, I think you can get behind it or not, but I think that's what they did. And a lot of people are mad. Let me ask you guys this, because one of the first things I cued in on, on The Force Awakens, what, the first words said were, this will begin to make things right which I took to be a meta commentary on the Star Wars series as a whole. And then did we lose somebody just now? That looks like we lost Oz. No, no, I'm still here. Okay. Um, Joe, we lost Joe. Okay. Joe call back in when you get a chance. But then in this movie, it seemed to be a meta commentary to the fans going like, look guys, the Star Wars saga is bigger than the Skywalker family. And it yeah. kind of came along and upsets it upset the here's here's what I think people don't like. Okay, we have had like me for two years. I've had the oh she's obviously a Kenobi, and you know whatever other theories we've got in our heads, right? And we expect to see Luke Skywalker come out and single handedly chop the heads off of Adats. We didn't get those <laughs> things. We didn't get them. 
And I think we were all a little butt hurt by not getting them, or I think some more than others. But I think our expectations were not met, and that's where the problem came from. I'd be happy to see Luke go crazy on everybody too, but I actually think that the I, I don't know. I think that the movie, the first movie, built up certain mysteries to mean something, and this movie purposely went opposite of that direction. And I kind of feel like they just thought they were being clever. Uh, and uh, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, but, and I just don't think it was. I I mean, it's whether you like the decision or not. It's I think that's what they did. But I will say this: Johnson even said recently, like the thing specifically related to um, Ray's backstory. For instance, he said like Kylo Ren believed it to be true when he was saying it, but that he even admitted he's like, but that doesn't necessarily stand. With JJ coming in, it's a whole ball, new ball game. He gets to do whatever he wants. Uh, well, and, and one thing that one thing that popped into my head about him saying, you know, your your parents were nobody, they were drunken uh, parts, whatever, they sold you off for drinking money. It it immediately took me back as a kid to Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader told Luke that I'm your father, and I remember thinking, bullshit, you're fucking with it, but it ended up being true, and I think. I don't know. This is just my hunch. I'm thinking that it's kind of they're playing the same scenario, only this time it's not going to be true. No, it's up to JJ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like the fact that now we we were so sure after watching The Force Awakens, we had all these fan theories and we were so sure, oh, yeah, this is what they're going to do. And now we know that Star Wars necessarily will not do that. Like, they won't cater to the fans. And that... I'm excited by that. Like, I agree. I agree. They're gonna I do. Really exciting. They're just gonna do something completely different. And now I don't know what's gonna. Like, I have no idea where it's going forward. And that it makes me really excited about Star Wars for the future. I, I'm glad you guys feel that way. For me, I, I kind of feel like I, I kind of walked out as much as I liked the movie, and I did. I kind of feel like that sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm getting sick of Hollywood and movies and producers and writers and directors taking out the thing which makes me care about a thing because <laughs> it's like <laughs> i don't care uh, i've I watched star wars for darth vader and i watched star wars for luke skywalker those are the things that i was really excited about and i like obi-wan kenobi i like all yoda i like all these things and it's like when you remove all those things i'm like well i don't care about ray as much as i care about those i'm only here because of those characters it's like and i'm sure some of you may like it but it's like i'm like one of those people that's like i could care less about gotham because you take batman out of it i could care less about krypton because if there's no superman i don't give a shit about krypton that's the whole point that's the whole point of this movie is we have to start caring about these other characters because those other characters they're too they have to die like they're not immortals yeah but ray should then if you want me to care more about Ray, should not make her the daughter of a shoe salesman that randomly died. Like I, I just you know. Don't I mean, you I, like I, Darth Vader? You said you like Darth Vader. He was he came from his parents were no one. That came later. We don't know that. We don't know. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. We don't exactly. know who his we father was. We don't know exactly. No, so the first time I saw Darth Vader, he was a badass walking through like dead bodies and stepping over them all in black, breathing through a. Uh, an asthmatic monster. I mean, it was amazing. And then later, we're like, oh, he's a slave. And that was established in a series of movies that are not nearly that popular. But <laughs> it's like, but but even then, like, you you establish a story along the way. That's one thing. But it's like, I think this was a personally. I think that was a big mis 
Depp is making try to make Ray nothing. I I I think that's going to be changed now that Abrams is back. I think but, it's always but, been. I think that's. I don't think that's ever been the case. I think it's. I think it's classic misdirection in this film. And you, you can say that you know you Star Wars needs to be about more than the Skywalker family, and that's the direction they're going. But it's really not. Kylo is still a Skywalker. Yeah, and no. it's still a possibility that, and I know the novels aren't canon, but it's still possible that Kylo and Rey are the Jedi twins. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think possible. it is. I, I think that that's a stretch at this point, but I think it's I mean, more likely that she was. I was on board thinking she was either a Kenobi or a Palpatine. Yeah, <clears throat> the accent had to come from somewhere. That's that's yes, always the thing. That... And I had this discussion with with someone when the Force Awakens first came out, and I never really thought about it until they told me this. But like you were alluding to earlier, accents matter in Star Wars because there's so many actors in this film that have British accents that are purposely, you know, told and and their dialogue is, you know straight without the british accent and they don't do that with daisy ridley there's very few characters in the whole star wars you know lore that maintain their british accent obi-wan palpatine ray uh there's a few other but for the most part i mean you just gotta you know just keep that in mind accents matter yeah i've always said that as well robbie you're being you're being rather quiet over there buddy you got anything you want to add I was trying, yes. <laughs> About six times I tried to cut in, but it wasn't working. Uh, my point was kind of already made, but what I was going to say was going into this movie for a long time, I didn't want Ray's parents to be anyone. I just wanted her to be her, just like Anakin was, and that may be why his lightsaber was calling to her. No, but Anakin wasn't just yeah. – Anakin Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, the, the Emperor made Anakin. He admits as such, and, and he admits as such in the uh, in the opera scene. Actually, it's his. Uh, it was the emperor's master. Was no, the one who worked no, on no, 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 it wasn't. No, yes, it was. It was. There was. There is actually a. Hold on. There is actually a recorded scene where Palpatine says, "I created you. You could say I'm your father." That was recorded yeah. as part of the opera scene. Yeah. It was taken out, but no, it's a skill. It's a skill he took from his master. Right, exactly. And he says, "I he needed to learn that from him." I and then he teases Anakin. I yeah, could teach you it. Yeah, yeah. That's how he gets him to turn. So he basically admits as such in that scene. And go, tying in with the virgin birth stuff, it, it sets it up for Luke and his dad and his grandpa all fighting at the end of Return of the Jedi. All right, I take. I always took it as in episode one where they say it was the Metacorians that impregnated Shmi. So that's how I always took it that it was the Force that. <laughs> the Metacorians' alternate name was Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> God, guys, we shouldn't laugh at that. That's terrible. We shouldn't, but oh, oh my yeah. God, yeah. I mean, hey, so let me let me. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a, a a theme question at you guys, and I'm gonna let Robbie answer first, so we don't run over him. <laughs> um, the comedy writing in here. Now, I think Empire Strikes Back is a funny movie with a lot of great funny moments in it. The comedy parts in here struck me like somebody from the Friends writing room came over and took a pass at the script. Uh, Robbie, what did you think about the humor in this script? Uh, I didn't have a problem with it. Like, a lot of Hamill's comedy, for instance, 
made me laugh. Like when you threw the lightsaber, I definitely laughed out loud in that theater. So I, I don't think any of it made me groan or anything like that. I, I just enjoyed this movie. I didn't have as many problems with it as some of you. So. All right, Paul, how, how about the humor? What, how did you find the humor in this movie? Um, I think overall the humor didn't take me out of it. There was a couple uh, of scenes like I have to like a little bit opposite of Robbie. Like the the, the over the shoulder scene I did find really funny, um, but just marks the, the only one that really I think kind of made my eyes roll was the brushing off of the shoulder for some I don't know why for some reason like that struck me off it struck me as kind of weird like you just kind of brush your shoulder like. I, I, I don't know, and I understand Mark Hamill's kind of playing kind of the this crazy Yoda guy that's been, you know, hanging out by himself, so he went a little crazy, but uh, that was the only thing that was a little off. I thought Poe's humor was perfect, because that's the character he is, but it was it took a little getting used to Mark Hamill's, like, Luke Skywalker humor, because he wasn't really funny in the in the first, you know, the original trilogy. So that, that kind of was a little bit, a little weird, but, you know. He's gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it. And all my dogs start barking right now. Joe, what was your take on the humor in there? Oh, just just when you asked me, that's my dog. <laughs> well, here, let's go, let's go to Oz then. That way we can both mute our microphones for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really have much of a problem with the humor in this. Um, a buddy of mine, that's one thing that they did tell me um, before. A buddy of mine had seen it before I did, my co-host, actually, Chris. He he told me he said if you really hated Thor Ragnarok because it had too much comedy in it, you're not gonna like this. But you know, Star Wars has always had some, some good comedy yeah. in it, so I, I didn't have a problem with it. There's only one scene that I really kind of was like, really, and, and it was the stupid you know Porg scene with Chewie where he was you know he'd already killed one and, and cooked it, and then all these damn Porgs come around and you know that I thought was kind of I was like really, I mean. Like we, we get very limited chewy and that's what we get. Um, I mean, th- th- there was a lot of, there, there were several scenes and that I just thought were, you know, th- this movie's two and a half hours. Uh, you know, we, we really didn't need this in the movie. We could have, it could, that time could have been spent on something more entertaining or more, you know, vital to the, to a story. I mean, for example, the, uh, I mean, I, we understand Luke's been on this island for God knows how many years. He's obviously going to have to feed himself. Do we really need to see him fishing and milking a big, huge fucking alien for blue milk? Hell yes, yes, we, yes do. we do. Yes, Hell I mean, yes I, we do. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of dumb and unnecessary myself. It took, it took 40 seconds out of it. It showed us how he's been surviving all this time. Yeah. I loved the Chewbacca porg stuff. It gave him a small little arc. He always has these small arcs and he had one in empire he had one in Jedi, you know, in uh, like an Empire, him uh, trying to repair 3PO and stuff. Um, in Jedi, yeah. you get a little character moment that he can't he can't stay away from the food on, on Endor. Yeah, uh, I love the pork thing. The only comment about the pork scene is if you look closely, that pork that he cooked looks like a Lego pork. Like it looks shiny and plastic. plastic. It seems like like <laughs> I, I, I can't be the only one that noticed this. It, it was the like glaze. It, yeah, there was something going yeah, on. There. Like, it's like, I, thought he just, I thought he just cooked it really well. If you've ever yeah. picked up chicken like at the grocery store that they pre-cooked the chickens for you, like that thing falls apart. Like that 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 was like plastic pork. But I love the pork stuff. 
I love the brushing the shoulder. I loved Luke winking at 3PO. I did like that too. I love that Luke was essentially crazy old Yoda. Uh, 100%. Which I would expect yeah, to yeah. happen after living on the island for so long alone. Um, for me, the very first scene, the uh, the are you on hold stuff, that's, that, was, that threw me big time. That threw me almost as much as uh, the first scene in Justice League where we see Superman's uh, weird lip. Okay. And because it's the first thing you get for the movie, yeah. and it's like it's like wait a minute, what what are we doing now? Like we're doing this? This is out of space, literally out of space balls. Like, yeah, like, I thought, I it, was thought it was really you know, funny. only one man would use raspberry jam. Apparently, two guys would. You know, that reminds uh, me of, so much of the well, Hans, but that's the Han Solo. Like, oh, everything's okay here. Thank you. You it know, is, it's like, it <laughs> is, it is, but it's a, yeah, it's I don't know. It's set up a weird. It set up a weird expectation for the tone, but I, I guess it did set the tone that that's how the movie was going to be. I got over it pretty quickly, uh, and I pretty much enjoyed the comedy. For, and I also, listen, I love Thor Ragnarok. I thought Thor Ragnarok was the most delightful thing I've seen all year. So, uh, okay. <laughs> I will say it was my favorite of the Thor movies, but that's not a, a ringing endorsement. <laughs> That's all, I'll, that's all I'm going to say about that. I thought it was a great movie. I don't know. I had a fun with that movie. I thought it was fantastic. It, it, you know, but the other two Thor's are, are miss are, are much maligned to uh, unfairly. They're unfairly maligned. So if I like the other two Thor movies, then I'll like the new one. Is that what you guys are telling me? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sure. The shot. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I did um, play a bit. So. You know, I think the humor was less of a deal in this movie than, to me, that was more jarring. I found it more sloppy about the second act. I mean, the first act was really good. The third act was killer. The second act, one of the things that bothered me most was literally the entire Poe, Rose, Finn, who are all great characters, their entire storyline was basically literally drawn to the fact that one brand new character just didn't tell them what was going on. That's it. Right. Right. And it was such and it was such a like, dude, we're going to an old rebel base. Chill. Like, that's it. Like, and it, it just I felt like that's the best you got, Johnson. Like, I mean, that when I watched it, even while watching it, and I, I liked the movie, like I said, but like even watching, I was like, this whole section that's feeling very prequel ish is just based on one misunderstanding. That's a little too sitcom for me. Um that and the clearly Jedi's don't need any fucking training. They can fuck off. You either got it or you don't. Apparently, so like clearly nobody like the Jedi Academy and all that bullshit was well, just like. You know, hold on, I, I I want to stop. I want to stop us right there because there's a thing that happens even with us fans where we call a Force user a Jedi, but all Force Correct. users weren't Jedi's. Yep. The Jedi is a religious order. The Sith are a religious order. It is quite possible that if you have strong enough force, I don't know, what would you call it, force sensitivity. Sensitivities, yeah, that's what yeah, I've always heard. Yeah, that you could just, fuck, you could pull an X-Wing out of the air, you know, if you experiment enough. Look, Bruce Lee studied uh, Wing Chun for like eight months and was still one of the best uh, hand-to-hand fighters because he trained on his own with a little bit of knowledge. So Yeah, he was a natural, it's a, you know. It's a really yeah. important distinction, yeah. So, yeah, you can't what? just like one of the words that like drives me up a wall. I hear people use it all the time is gray Jedi. That's like saying gray Catholic priest or a gray Shaolin monk. You don't have them. That's not yeah. a thing. Yeah, you I, I take agree your ass the, over to Bendu. 
I agree. <laughs> I agree with the second act <laughs> slowness or weirdness. Uh, the, I, I feel like they were trying to set it up like you like you were supposed to mistrust uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Dern. Like I feel like you're supposed <laughs> to like not trust her. Like she yeah. was the source of them tracking or something like that. But yeah. it just didn't work at all. It just didn't work. And I, I was not a huge fan of the casino stuff. Um, to to piggyback on that, since you mentioned that, that's another thing that really bought, it kind of is like a splinter in my brain. Okay, when they're chasing, do do all spaceships in space move at the same speed? Is there a reason why they, they couldn't catch up? They to say the... they say in the movie that it's much faster. Their fleet is much faster at sublight speeds. They do cover that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, but still though, it, it we essentially get a two-hour slow-moving. Fury Road, Fury Road, yeah, like, and that's ultimately, like, really, like, if you look at it that, I, I can't imagine that that's what they were going for, but that's what they gave us. Well, and you, the other, you mentioned the casino thing. I, I was not at all uh, happy with the Casino Royale uh, scene either. However, I think that was a, if they were going to, if Johnson was going to go that route, it was a prime opportunity to bring a classic character back. Who better to be running that fucking casino than Lando? Totally right. Yeah, but but then but that universe is huge, and it's like having Greedo hanging out with young Anakin. Yeah, but like we care about these characters. I mean, I understand the universe is huge. We've already established that, like, with and we are continually establishing that. But that doesn't mean you can't like write in a story. That doesn't mean avoid right. fan service and avoid writing your story. I mean, they made a big deal last movie about like, well, you know, parallels, you know, we're writing to parallels. It's like, yeah. and then this movie, you're like, no, fuck parallels. You know, it's like, you gotta well, make yeah. your fucking I actually, I actually think the reason Billy D's in it, I don't think Billy D's a very nice guy. I don't think they like him personally. I've, I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of like actual real life, oh, oh he's kind of a jerk. Stories that that might be why they're not really because there's no talk of bringing actual ability into any of these movies. You never I mean, even, even as a cameo, you know. I yeah. mean, I thought I thought it would have been a, just a perfect way to, you know, get some of especially some of the older, you know, like myself fans that grew up watching the original trilogy, you know, get totally us right. so, something to get us excited. Be like, oh shit, there's you're, you know, you're totally right. Yeah, or, or um, Lobot running around in the background. Yeah, you're told. Well, you're, me personally, I would have wanted to see Boba, but because I, I've oh, still never, yeah. I've still never believed that. Yeah, you know, I still, I still subscribe to the theory that he detonated that device inside the Sarlacc pit. Oh my out. God, Boba <laughs> Fett was on. Boba, hold on, <laughs> Boba Fett was on screen for three minutes in two movies and got eaten by a giant sand asshole. He is not a badass. <laughs> yeah. He is not a badass. He is nothing cool. He, Captain Phasma is the nearest parallel we have to yeah, him. I, let's talk Boba about that. Hold are on. You let's, saying, let's are you saying Boba over. Fett has a vagina? Let's I'm saying Boba Fett yeah, was maybe. eaten by a vagina. <laughs> let's, Joe, let's, Joe, let's, let's hear your parallel that you want to do here. Okay, here's okay. I cannot believe. I, I, the only reason I got to think is maybe she was literally busy filming Game of Thrones. I can't believe after the fan outcry about her <laughs> in the first movie of everyone saying she was awesome but completely wasted and underused and you know this and that and the other that that's all they gave us in this movie for her. I cannot believe that. She I, was, still don't, I don't believe she's dead. She I don't think she's dead. I don't think, I, I, I don't think she's dead either. But how do you... But, I, I, I hope she found that. an elevator to land on because she was falling. <laughs> well, she was on Starkiller Base when it blew up and she managed to figure well, out a way to get book, it. Comic book explained that one. 
which yes. is also <laughs> crazy. If this movie picks up immediately after that movie, her comic book actually doesn't fit into the timeline. But having and they say that they're all yeah, they say they're all supposed to be canon. But setting that aside, I cannot believe they used her as little as they did. It, it blows my mind because everyone was screaming about her. Because I feel like there was a lot of talk of like how can we really surprise people and how clever. I think there was a lot of back clapping of how clever we are to surprise people in this way. And it's like, you know, that's not always the best decision. You're not always going by not using a character. Yeah, well, I think they just kind of were, you know, one, you know, in all fairness, writing an ensemble piece is going to be tough, giving everybody attention. But it it is a little too bad that I, I do think Phasma was underused. I think... There were creation of characters that were useless. Like why create? Why have? Why have a diet Leia when you have a Leia? And you know, like that would have been an amazing sacrifice for her. That was an amazing scene when she hit the light drive. I don't understand why they needed to create a whole character that we don't care about to die for that scene. But whatever, Phasma, we're trying to care about, but we don't get enough time with. I, you know, it's like. I think this movie had a bunch of missed opportunities. I think it was a great movie, but I think it had a lot of missed opportunities. Well, that they Agreed. They zigged where they could have zagged. And it, it's not my head cannon I'm talking about. I'm talking about in terms yeah. of like, you have this audience, you built this expectation, you have people looking forward to these elements, and then you choose, purposefully choose, clearly purposefully choose <laughs> to go, nope. And you're like, ah, you want everybody to be stoked for you on that? Like, that's why you get people mad. But but the movie, I mean, I think, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in the movie in the audience, like, I was excited by parts. I, you know, I had people were cheering. Uh, I think that it was, I don't know, I'll throw it out there. I think that Luke died a movie early. Um, because I was in a boat, I've seen it twice so far, and people lost their shit when they found out he was <laughs> meditating on another planet, and then it got weirdly quiet and confused. You even heard people, I heard one person go, huh? When he faded. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? I loved so, it. I mean, I know Johnson felt like he was like, oh, I wrote this arc, and I know he needed to die here, and it's like, did he? Did he? I don't think he did. And uh, did anybody else, he, I mean, did you Everybody else noticed. I mean, I noticed right away. I was like, something's up because I, I because when we, he shows up, I'm like, he did he get a haircut and some same some yeah. some you know. Well, there's his hair's cut. His beard has been dyed black. The lightsaber that was just destroyed in the lightsaber duel is in his hand, mm-hmm. and yeah. as he moves across the sand, which has been no plainly red sh- no red footsteps. Yeah. Right. No red I red. noticed the footsteps thing. That's what I noticed more than anything. Uh, even though I noticed he changed and looked different, I noticed footsteps is i was like hey wait i thought maybe r2 gave me my haircut and a dye job on the way to the face (laughs) well so they teased hold hold on joe joe i'm gonna have you hold on a second because we keep stepping on robbie so i'm gonna make sure he gets a that's okay um you know it's thing. i'm trying not to step on other people uh i i immediately noticed when that fight started why does he look like he did in that flashback with kylo so Mm -hmm. I, uh, did they film those the same day and just couldn't be bothered to put a wig on them? But uh, I could answer that question, by the way. <laughs> so I thought that was that immediately alarmed me, and I was a little disappointed because I wanted to see his green lightsaber. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, so the reason he looked that way is because that's how he looked the last yeah. time Leia right, right. and Kylo saw him. So it makes sense 
Yeah. If he looked like a, a hobo, like he did, they'd be yeah. like, what the hell? Space I that, hobo. That, that alerted me that something was up immediately. That's all I meant. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 100%. All right, see, Kim. I, see, I thought they hacked into the Matrix, and that's why he died, and that's why he was the virtual image of it was virtual image self image, and that's why he looked that way. I mean, I don't know. Oh. I get that. I get that he turned himself over to the Force, and that was supposed to represent him opening himself back up to the yeah. universe. And and Johnson's even said that he's like, well, you know, just think of all the possibilities you have, and not and with him no longer tethered to the real world. And I was like, I don't know, man. I I just think that. You know, Anakin had six movies for his arc. I think Luke should have had six. He's kind of the reason we're all invested in this. Well, so, I mean, I, I kind of okay. So I'm going to talk about the Yoda scene here real quick as a supplemental to what you're talking about there. Cool. Suddenly, now a Force ghost and a hologram projected from the Force can yes. physically interact with things. Yes, can cause changes in the real world. We may not have seen the last of Luke Skywalker here. Absolutely. Oh, oh, he's, I, I, oh yeah, I, I thought that right away as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. I mean, that he, said, he got... said as such. He said, "I'll see you around." He know, he knows. Yeah. He's he's gonna come back and haunt Kylo I Ren. I love that "see you around" kid line. I, yeah, uh, he's going to haunt so good. Kylo Ren for sure. So real quick, when they glimpsed the X-wing underwater, that yes. I thought was cool as hell. It was so cool, it. but I just wanted I wanted to see. Like the reverse from Episode Four, the first Star Wars, when the Falcon is getting is chasing, getting chased by all these Tie Fighters, I wanted Luke to come out of nowhere, and in that X-wing and save, you know what I mean, save the Falcon. I just, I, I, and I know that's, I know that's the worst kind of criticism of saying I really wanted this, but man, I, oh, I just, well, I wanted to see him, as a, you know, just one more time, just him and R2 tearing it up and and saving the falcon like repaying the door it. on his hut was the wing so i think he wasn't really gonna go anywhere <laughs> it, it, it's been underwater for how many years that thing's not working hey <laughs> but it would have been rad i agree it would have been awesome i i just i feel like sometimes again I, I'll, I'll go back to it i feel like sometimes you don't have to fight so hard against fan expectation there is a certain amount of like wink wink nudge nudge you know you wanted it here it is you know, yeah, and I think that yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't think you have to always try so hard to surprise everybody. I think sometimes you do want to like deliver the goods and make everybody, especially with Star Wars, especially since this is all essentially, you could argue fan fiction to what Lucas created the first three times. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and and to some degree, I don't even know if Lucas really realizes what he had because his story had to be saved in the editing room by his ex-wife and two other people. So, yeah. you know, yeah, and he that's what did you guys know? I just found this out. Do you know that the uh, Washington, the the monument for the I forget I'm spacing on the word, but they, they want they want a copy of the original Star Wars for the archives for America, uh, for uh, the the Library of Congress. But they don't have one. Because Lucas refuses to send an old copy, he only wants to send his special edition remake. And they're like, "No, we want the original you made." Uh, because yeah, but he he doesn't own those anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. why there's nothing in the Library of Congress. That's who I, I meant yeah. to say. But like, he won't turn it over, and he he completely insists that that version is his his vision, which I think is so gross. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he put in some scenes that they purposely took out and won an Academy Award for taking out uh, and rearranging. But, you know, it's like I, I think there's a certain amount of 
I don't think anybody completely has a handle on what Star Wars is. Not even us. Not them. Not even the guy who made it. No. So look, I mean, I was three when Star Wars came out. I live in George Lucas's hometown. Uh, Paul, you're from George Lucas's hometown. Dominic, you're not far from George Lucas's hometown, and you're about my age. We are. I mean, Robbie here is the youngest, and he, even he is a major Star Wars fan. And even with all of us sitting in one virtual room talking, yeah, we have no idea what Star Wars actually is or could be. And I love it. I love that about Star Wars. <laughs> Me personally. And I, uh, I did want to add a little thing about the difference in all of our ages that unfortunately the first time, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, the first time I saw Star Wars was in theaters, so it was the special editions. Yeah, no, and that's fine. I mean, I'm just, it's interesting the Library of Congress wants the original, and he's like, nope. <laughs> Actually, I would I would prefer to have the originals. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I I still have I still have my original VHS letterboxes yeah. from 1988, oh. and I and I and I keep a VCR in working condition so that I can watch them, like once once a year. I, I went yeah. on a hunt for the despecialized editions and I finally got them all. So. Oh yeah, Dominic. I was gonna tell you I've got those, but you've already <laughs> found them. So. Yeah, I found them. Okay. It, 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 they're out there, and and it's good. It's a good port. It looks good, but. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to say one other thing too. That you know, a lot of people, you know, when I they tell, find out that I really wasn't a fan of this, uh, think that automatically it's because Luke dies at the end. And and I and I say that that's really not true. That you know, I'm okay with Luke going out. I'm just I don't I just am not a fan of how he went out. I th I think it should have. I think the the film was one epic lightsaber duel short. I mean. I, I give it credit the second ah. act with with the fight scene with Ray and the so, guards and Kyla. It was it was great. I will give it that. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. I but, actually hold on. I, I want to say that that being the lightsaber fight that was in it. I was so cool with that being the only one we got because we've seen all the other versions in every other movie. Mm -hmm. And to get one where the two lightsaber wielders are working against, I mean, who, I don't even know what the, the, the Imperial Guard, basically, but that, to me, Victorian I didn't want to see, there. yeah, I didn't want to see a different version of a lightsaber duel in this movie, because all the other movies have lightsaber on lightsaber. This was something different. This was something new. This was something fun to see for, for, again. Right, and, and I get that, but I think that having Luke go out in a epic duel with Ren would satisfy his his demise and it would elevate Ren to the status of you know the next supreme leader or the next big bad you know the Darth Vader that he's been you know shadow that he's been chasing forever um, that and the fact that it would also I think if if it was really Luke when they were all the adats were were firing all those laser blasts at him. Um, it was a perfect opportunity for them to really show how powerful Luke could was because you remember at the beginning of the force awakens, Kylo, you know, uses the force and holds that mm -hmm. laser laser blast. Yeah. We've so never seen that blast, before. Yeah. yeah. That was one blast, but had that been Luke and he had been able to, I mean, not necessarily hold them all, but at least, you know, deflect them or whatever to where he was. And it just walked out like he, like his image did. Um, would have been a great way to, you know, I, I think that would have been a grand send off to his character 
Not that, again, we won't see him as a forced ghost haunting, um, because I think he totally will um, later on. But as as we know Luke Skywalker and just basically um, I'm going to steal a line from the wrestling world. I don't know if anybody else is a wrestling fan, but they would it would basically put put Kylo over <laughs> even more so than what the what he mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. I, I like I said, I think that uh, it was a missed opportunity to keep Luke going, especially I mean, it's, and not just in retrospect for you know Carrie Fisher's passing. I like that they, I like the intention they were. I guess clearly setting up Carrie Fisher to have some sort of, or I mean Leia's uh, some sort of uh, clearly building and force strength and kind of trying to show what she could do, uh, which I think is what that that space scene was about. I remember watching it in the theater when she gets sucked out. I was like, oh, this early? Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Fuck me. That's it. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I I think that the next movie is going to have to open on her funeral. That's kind of the scroll will say is that Princess Leia has passed, and and we're going to probably I'm I don't know. Now we're theorizing. I'm going to theorize, but it's like I'm assuming that you have to start it with with some sort of crisis for Ray figuring out where she, what's going to happen and it's going to be a lot of gathering of forces as some time has passed and i don't know this, i i don't envy jj abrams in his uh what he has to do to pick up the pieces for this movie moving into the next but i will say for all his flaws i think that if i had to call it i would say that jj abrams has a better handle on what star wars fans are about than johnson may have I think Johnson was trying too hard to prove that he had this vision, whereas J.J. Abrams is like, I'm one of you guys. I know what you want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Johnson took one on the chin for the future of Star Wars, in my opinion. I mean, he's getting his own trilogy, and I'm not unexcited about seeing that uh, from what I saw in this movie. Uh, I just don't know if he really i just think he made some decisions that were based on trying to surprise everyone and i don't know if it all executed the way he hoped though he admits he's like yeah well i saw that coming i have to that's part of my job i gotta take these hits yeah no i i agree but i i I honestly think that because of what johnson did in this movie jj has a lot more room to to do the next star wars like, I really think he, <laughs> whatever he if he wants to do that, like that's an option. But before this movie, we were confined to a pretty small sandbox of what Star Wars is. And now he I think Johnson blew the doors off that of what a Star Wars movie can be. And we can go in a lot more directions without having to have. I know baggage is a, a, it's a negative term, but the baggage of the original trilogy. I, I could agree with that. I mean, I, I think it definitely. Yeah. I think it, it definitely hurts opened like up hell. More... Don't get me wrong. It definitely yes. hurts like hell. But that's what I was going to say. As painful as it is, it does open up more avenues to go forward. I, I will right. agree with that. I'm rather they just did it now, I... rip the bandaid off, and now we can move forward. I don't know. I I, I guess I still feel like I. I mean, not and again, not from the perspective of Carrie Fisher's death, but. I feel like Diet Leah was unnecessary. I feel like that could have been a perfect Leia, Leia death. I mean, I think that she should have been the one to pass in that of taking out like a whole fleet. I thought that was amazing. It's a beautiful scene. It sounded great. It was awesome. But it was like this character that we just didn't even have time to care about. And then I think 
Luke is just a very important piece to this, and I understand clear. I mean, it's no joke. It definitely cleared the board, but uh, I just don't know if that was the wisest choice when it comes to telling a story that has a larger arc and a solid fan base for certain reasons and certain characters. I feel like that was. uh, I I think that was a misstep. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of interject a little something here. I now I, I I've liked both movies of the new trilogy so far. But I was completely irritated that somehow a remnant of the Empire had regained control of the galaxy. I'm just like, God, guys, haven't we? Didn't we just do this? And it's usually like, you know, a long time between like, you know, civilization killers rising up and throwing the whole world into chaos. I have to assume that the galaxy works the same way. And, And we just go from one snide little asshole in a Nazi uniform to the next. And I'm just like, oh, it's only been 30 years. Are you going to tell me these guys are really back already? Yeah. Freedom, freedom can't live for a little while. Yeah. So I, I was irritated by that, but now to end this movie on the point where it's kind of like where the Sith and the Jedi ended. Like, yeah, you're basically wiped out. Both both teams have taken a bloody nose and went home with like six guys left. There you have it. Um, yeah. So I was kind of okay doing that because it leveled the field off enough that I, I didn't feel like, oh, shit, we're going to do this for three movies. We're going to slog through the Galactic Republic or the Galactic Rebellion against the evil Nazi space yeah. people again. And at Sounds least this like kind of... Band, yeah. Yeah, and at least this kind of levels it back out at the end. <laughs> the well, the fun. galaxy is definitely in, in chaos at this point. There's nobody yeah. running anything. It's so. funny hearing, hearing hearing you say this trilogy. This isn't really a trilogy, though. Like, these movies are, they're almost standalone, you know what I mean? Does yeah, anyone else get that yeah. feeling? Like, there, there is, if, if one of the tenets of a trilogy is like a cliffhanger and, and an up and a down this movie could have been the third part of a trilogy. You know, that's, what's weird about it. And yeah. And force awakens could have just been a standalone. Hey, here's almost a prequel to the new trilogy kind of movie. Like I don't get the feeling of trilogies in this at all, which is weird. Yeah. I'll give you that. Cause usually a trilogy has a similar writing staff and director, or yeah. you know some elements that are shared between yeah, all three like, pieces. Yeah, the arc the arc of the trilogy kind of mirrors the arc of a regular screenplay. You know, with mm-hmm. the up and the down, the first, second, third, yeah. thing. And yeah, we're, the, this trilogy could be done. Like you've, they've reset the board. The rebels, there's bad guys. There's no real cliffhangers at all. So what's the draw? Yes, what's, what's hold, the on. hold on, hold on. Third movie. There is a cliffhanger, and it's a romantic cliffhanger, and I was hoping that either Finn would hook up with Ray or Poe, and it doesn't look like it's going to be either one of those two. (laughs) So It's going to be Rose. The love triangle is going to be Ray, Rose, and Finn. Well, uh, yeah, but 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 Poe kind of gave her the eyeballs at the end of the movie there, too. Well, but she's already on to being a legend, too. Ray's going to be a Jedi. I know you don't like her to be calling a Jedi, but it's clearly that she's picking that direction. Well, know, yeah, but that's the way but, she wants to go. Yeah, so. but Dominic, she's gonna found a new Jedi order, so this you can't fall in love shit. That's out the window. And two of our main characters meet at the very end of the second movie. That's, yeah, that's also weird. Yeah, it is. That is. I hadn't really thought a whole lot about that. Um, Paul, I do want to bring this up because like one of the first things I did after having two shots of whiskey and a beer and then coming home after I saw the movie was call Paul. And I because I was ambivalent 
And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we run out of time completely, though, is that I felt like Poe's entire story in this didn't do a damn thing. But, Paul, you had a take on it. Why don't you share that with us? Oh, so, so like, when you when we talked, because I saw it twice back-to-back, like, literally back-to-back, and uh, we, we talked about how I thought this was the smallest scale Star Wars movie out of all of them. It, it's not at all about the plot at all. Like, this movie is not about the story that's going on. It's all about, like, the characters in this movie. Uh, Poe's basically... Poe is going to be Leia's replacement if you if you want to swap characters, right? His he went from a you know uh, I would consider a captain or a major in the Air Force. So I'm in the Air Force and everyone knows this. So I'm going to bust out the military thing. Uh, it made complete sense that the general or admiral did not tell the plans to a a pilot, right? In the military, I would never walk up to a general and be like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> that would never happen. I'd be kicked out of the briefing room in two seconds. Uh, it happens all the time where you're told to shut up in color. So it completely makes sense to me. Maybe not the general audience, but it makes c- complete sense to me. Uh, Poe's whole, Poe's whole story is going from the the soldier who's all about action to becoming a leader, right? His leadership moment is not at the end when he tells them to follow him to the cave. His leadership moment is going to come in the third movie. Same thing with Finn which I did think that was the most uninteresting part of the story. But Finn's whole story is, I don't care about any of this. All I want to do is get Ray, get out of here, and survive. He goes from that aspect of his character, which is portrayed in DJ, which is don't join, that's his thing, to as the story goes along with the casino, he goes all the way over to Rose's side, which he's totally bought in as a rebel. And that's why he says when she calls, you know, Captain Phasma calls him scum, he's like, no, rebel scum. Like, he goes from... I just want to get out of here to completely bought in, and I am sold on this plan. I'm sold on this mission. I am a rebel now. So this story was more about character and moving from where they were when they left the first movie to how they're going to be in the third movie. So it's a little bit not everybody's bag. I understand the mission, the decisions they made. I may not agree with them all, but this movie was all about character and nothing about story, in my opinion. I agree with that. I totally agree with that, though I will say this. If if we're looking at military ranking, there is absolutely no way that Admiral would go, I like him. He pointed a gun at me. Tried to take over everything and almost killed us all because he didn't know what was happening. I like him. Uh, Yes and no. Exaggerate. Because I have been pulled. I've gotten in trouble for my mouth, but I've also got told by colonels that they like me having around because I don't have a filter. That's true, but you didn't pull a gun on them. No. Hundred <laughs> percent did not. <laughs> Granted, they're at a at a situation that they're they're kind of up against the wall in a rebel a rebel force. They don't have the people to like. Yeah, there's like there's like, like thirty of them. <laughs> yeah, so many left. Yeah, they can only well, demote and, people so much. <laughs> and you know, to your to your point about Finn um, and his character development, could also uh, uh, see a similarity to Han's. Um, from the original yeah, as well, sure. yeah, the sure. the reluctant you know fighter do gooder who was only in it for the reward, and then by the third act you know he's General Solo and he's he's all in for the rebellion, so um, de- definitely a comparison as well there. Mm-hmm. Did did yeah. anybody else have a problem that there was no uh, 
memorial or anything for Han. I mean, I I was kind of surprised that it, they didn't have something. They addressed there. that there was no time. That like yeah. a lot of the actors talked about that. Like there was, if you think about that, they were pretty much abandoning that base almost immediately. Well, right. Leia Leia's wearing memorial garbs, and the braid in her hair is like a mourning braid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And with the the um for us it was the the dice from the mirror. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't notice, I, but I th- I thought that was like, well, I mean that's cool, but I mean I kind of expected to see some kind of memorial or something like that. <laughs> I don't think Tears. they kind of know I think the whole, the whole movie takes place in like a week, if that, if even yeah. long. Yeah. 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 Two days. Well, yeah. they never got his body back, uh, so there's nothing to bury. Because he's still alive. Because he's still alive. He's all dark. Oh, okay. Hold on now. So Darth Maul was cut in, cut in half, and he came back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so that guys, before. Literally... Uh huh. Go ahead. I was gonna say that I found out. I don't know if you guys heard this, but I I found out that that was literally the only thing that George Lucas directly contributed to the Clone Wars cartoon series, which is fantastic. If you're listening it. to this, you haven't love seen it. it, you should watch it. You should watch Rebels. It's great. It makes more sense to the prequels than the prequels themselves. But the <laughs> only thing that Lucas came in and told them that they had to do and they had to scramble to figure out was, can you bring back Darth Maul? Bring back Darth Maul. And they're like, what? <laughs> so that, that entire line of him coming back after being split in half is them going, uh, well, the boss wants this to happen. So <laughs> best decision figure- they ever made. So that's how it was done. That's why that happened. It's a great arc in that show. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask about Snoke now. I'm gonna let Robbie talk. His Canadian politeness is keeping him awfully quiet. Um, yeah, I did want to say one thing right there though. I do have sure. Force on DVD, and pretty much every episode that they talk about behind the scenes, they say George came in and was like, "Hey, can you do this?" So. It, like he does say it a lot, so there was a lot of things that George was just. But it was like, put them on the this kind of planet, or you know, do this kind of monster. Like uh, I just remember them saying straight up, they're like, yeah, George really. That was the one clear thing that he said is bring Darth Maul back. So I guess I interpreted that as that was his big contribution. Well. Darth Maul is like one of the coolest like one-off characters that isn't crappy ass Boba Fett that they really didn't get to do much with. I mean, you look at Darth Maul, he's terrifying, yeah, and he's he's badass, and there's like no question about it. And then he dies like a little punk. Yeah, he didn't oh. die like a he didn't die like a punk. Oh, was, he died like a no, little punk. No, he did. He no. killed Qui Gon. Get him yet? Oh, he killed Qui Gon Jinn before he died, and then oh, an untrained oh, and an untrained oh, child. Yeah. Hold it, and then the untrained child with no uh, with the lower ground gets the upper hand on him. Well, I would say over it was his an head. untrained child. Uh, it was a padlock. It's Obi One yeah. fucking Kenobi. <laughs> oh jeez. Wasn't like it was ten year old Anakin. <laughs> Are you insane? He went out like a punk. Stop <laughs> it. Like I a think punk. that was. There's another mistake, though, uh, back in the prequels. Like, we would have never needed a General Grievous or anything else if they'd have just kept Darth Maul going. Yeah. Uh, they didn't. I think they didn't realize again. I think they didn't realize what they had until it was too late, and they had killed him, which is the whole reason why George Lucas is like, "Hey, why don't you bring him back? People yeah. like." Him. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Is if in the next movie, if, let's replace him with the 90 year old Christopher Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you create Darth Maul, then you're like, well, I, I've got a whole TV series to play with. Hey, remember that guy that looks like the devil who's a super badass? Bring him back. Let's get yeah. him back. And yeah. his brother. 
<laughs> yeah. The less the less said about Savage Oppressed, the better we off we are, I believe. I just still don't under, I liked the Clone Wars and all that. I don't understand. It's literally called the Clone Wars. Why would you have to say that he somehow survived getting cut in half? Why did you just not clone him? <laughs> it's in the name <sighs> of the show. I know. I like, know. It's not it's interesting. much more believable to say they cloned him than to say, Oh no, when you cut him in half, he lived. What's more you know, terrifying than half Darth Maul, half metal spider, though? I don't know. I had a yeah, real Darth problem Maul with, with no with no gonads. I mean, once he was <laughs> on the Maul's show, literally. Once he was on the show, I enjoyed his arc, but I have to say, like, I just when they kind of just how quickly they said the four, I kept alive by the force. Oh fuck you! <laughs> that was That's way answer to anything you have a problem with. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I do it every day. <laughs> oh god so what do you guys think about the the lightsaber fight and snoke and snoke basically calling kylo ren a darth vader cosplayer robbie let's start with you <laughs> uh well i will say that uh i like the whole uh, echo three group i mean we all went together so a bunch of them were really disappointed because they thought kylo had turned but as uh I'm sure we're all aware every Sith apprentice tries to overthrow his master. At some oh, point. no, I wish you hadn't said that. They're not Sith. They are not Sith. They are not Sith. They're not Sith. They might as well be. They are not Sith. They might as well be, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. but he's, he's, shit he's all right, over Robbie. He's, he's making a point. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm sorry, Robbie. I'm, I'm sorry. You have to hang on the Sith name so much. I'm just making a point that every apprentice from that side of the Force, will we say, tries to overthrow his master, so that's all he was doing. I so I didn't buy it for a second that he had turned. No. Yeah. It was I still a great scene. Thing. I enjoyed seeing oh, them fight side by side, but that was a ve- that was probably one of, I thought that was a really strong, strong moment. Like her belief in him and then her him her going, No, don't do that. I thought that was great. Yeah, but you know what what was awesome about it was their belief in each other. They both thought, if I just give you a moment, you will come with me. You'll yeah. come with me, and we'll do this together. And they both had the same belief in each other. Yeah, right. yeah that's true. It's true. Yeah. Is it, dude, yeah. Andy Serkis is becoming one of my favorite actors of all time. The guy's ridiculous. Yeah, Peter Jackson maintained, they were like, of everybody in the movie, that he thought Andy Serkis deserved to be nominated for an Academy Award for Gollum, for Smeagol, and, like, he didn't get it because they had no... They had nothing to represent that kind of performance before, but he, right. he always said over and over again that, that Andy Serkis was robbed. Like, that was... He, he acted in every scene that was completely based off him, that he was amazing, and well, he's proven he, it. He should <sighs> win it for, for Caesar. Those Planet of the Apes movies, you, oh, you cry. I'm... You cry for completely made-up digital monkeys. Like, those yeah. Apes movies tug at your heart. And that's all Andy Serkis. But Joe, even digital monkeys have feelings. That's true. It's true. Yeah. He was so good at Snoke. I mean, yeah. God, he was such a prick. Yeah, I, I loved I loved his shit talking, and he so he good. literally he literally did call him a Darth Vader cosplayer. I just I yeah. that was. I mean, okay, not literally, not. but so close. Uh-huh. Um. And that was one of those things that makes me think this movie. Well, I think the whole pre or the whole 
new quote-unquote trilogy, Joe, I did the quotes for you, <laughs> is, is a commentary, it's a meta-commentary on Star Wars as a whole. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first movie says, hey, you know what? Fuck it. You guys only like the original Star Wars movie. Here it is. Yay. Here it is. It's back. There you go, guys. And the second movie kind of goes, hey, you know how much you like those original Star Wars movies? Yeah, well, I just shit on your table. <laughs> I, everything everything you thought was coming didn't happen. Not one thing you thought was coming happened. So uh, how you like me now, North America? Uh, apparently not uh, critically very much so. Apparently fanboyish, not so much. Yeah, it's because fanboys are a bunch of whiny bitches. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, are, we really are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always said about the Star Wars movies, like, look, I'm a Star Wars fan, but the difference between me and other Star Wars fans is I like Star Wars. <laughs> 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 no, good. No, I think that's a valid, it's a valid call, man. Like, it, it's, yeah, I, I like this movie. I don't necessarily think they made the wisest choices, and I understand why certain people are mad. But watching the movie, I saw people go, it doesn't even tell a coherent narrative. I was like, what are you talking about? It totally gets yeah. from point A to point B. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, you follow it. It's clear. And and I agree with uh, that you made the statement you made about, you know, characters being developed and coming from point A to point B in their own journeys. I, I It was a good movie. It was It was fun. You know, I think it's a. I think it's one of the best. It's on the high end of the Star Wars movies. Clearly, rep, you know, their reputation for high quality entertainment, Academy Award winning level at every turn. You know, Star Wars Christmas special. I'm looking at you, Phantom Menace. I'm also- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know what everyone thinks. Of you, but- I listen. I do think this movie answered the eternal question that we got in the Star Wars Christmas album. What do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? I think you get him. Ro- <laughs> I think you get him a roast pork. A roast pork. Uh, yeah. Are you Finally telling me there's a Christmas Star Wars album? Oh yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah Robbie, you Robbie, you missed out a lot on a lot of stuff from the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, no, you did you, I tried no, you didn't. to watch the Christmas album, but I couldn't get. Couldn't get through it. No. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You know what? Actually, the Ralph Bakshi cartoon at the end of that isn't terrible. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part. But I will say for any of the movies, if anyone ever says you want to watch Star Wars, no matter which one it is, I will watch it and enjoy it. There is not one of them that I dislike. Uh, I wish I could You've say that. You've seen episode one, right? <laughs> I like episode Hell. one better than two. <laughs> Joe, not only has he seen it, he watched it as oh, we were getting ready to do this episode. Yeah. Oh, I, we I watched Return of the Jedi before we... We just did a marathon of all these movies last week for Gamefly, our Twitch stream. And uh, episode one is tough. It's bad bombing, to quote someone. I definitely that it's not the... Like, it wouldn't be at the bottom of my list, episode one. I would Really? What would be the bottom? Yeah, I'm curious. Um... I hate to say it because I have a God. stronger no, it's not you guys will be fine. Uh, I have stronger nostalgic for it because I did a scene from it for a drama class in high school. So looking back I think what a nerd I looked like. But uh, I did a scene from episode two. So uh, I think episode two is probably my bottom. So Hayden Christensen really ruined it for you when okay. he yeah. stuff. <laughs> I hate I hate sand. It's so coarse. It goes everywhere. There's some stiff ass 
best acting in those two, those oh. three movies. My God. I mean, Ewan McGregor, amazing. He's the best thing in those trilogy. But, but here's the thing. You, you do realize that like everybody in there is a good actor, and it was the director who fucked yeah. it all up, right? Yeah, I, it's shocking how bad Natalie Portman is because she's yeah. a really said, great actress. And it she is said shocking. it almost ruined her career. She has said oh that God. many times, that people I, were I, not calling her at first yeah. for a while. She had to go and do some indie movies just to prove herself back up. Yeah, I'm not surprised. In the commentary, Hayden Christensen talks about how George Lucas made him talk like that in the movies. <laughs> in the commentary for this no, movie. Because <laughs> Hayden Christensen was in the movie before that, and he was excellent. And he's been in movies since that yeah. that aren't that big, and he's Shattered been great Glass, in everyone. Right? Glass House? Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. House right. yeah. yeah, he was good. He was solid. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's the, the actors in that movie were all good actors, and somebody <laughs> is still. <laughs> Are you blaming the key grip? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame everybody that held the mic. You know, one of my favorite bits in um, director's commentary is Nick Myers on the Wrath of Khan, talking about how William Shatner is. You have William read a line, and then you have him do it again. And then again, and then again, and by the time you get to Act Thirty, he's quit trying to be a leading man and is now just saying his lines. <laughs> and ever since then, I was like, "That's what they should have done with the prequel trilogy." It's just like we're going to do thirty takes, guys, so just get started. I'll start recording when I feel like you're not acting like a oh, treat, and we'll go from there. Uh, I worked at. Can I make a quick uh, point on the prequel trilogy? Sure. I think the prequels were basically. I, what I wanted when they were going to make new Star Wars movies was like, listen, my favorite thing about Star Wars is the Jedi and the Sith. I want to see lightsabers. I want to see Jedis. Uh, throw some spaceships in there. Cool. But this is what I want. George gave me what I wanted. And I now realize I need to be careful what I wish for. Yep. <laughs> so maybe just because we want the fan service, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get a good movie. So that, that's why I'm excited about this. They didn't give us what we wanted. If they gave us everything we wanted, we probably would have walked away. I knew all that was going to happen. We wouldn't have been excited. We would have been like, yay, I get to see these guys again. Well, there's – no, that's hold, it. Uh, wait, I, there's a happy medium in there. Wait, but, Paul. No, you know Paul, I, I agree with you. I do agree with you. And I, and I definitely – I enjoyed the heck out of this movie. But there is a difference between not giving us what we wanted as yeah. far as she has to be a Kenobi or Snoke has to be this – and just straight up killing Snoke and saying she's from nobody. There's a, there, yeah. you, you can still subvert our expectations and, and also not make the entire episode seven a, a wild goose chase. Yeah, that's that's what why I said there's a happy medium. Like, yeah, that's what – because we, we with, went to with the no answers, yeah. yeah, with no answers on like who Snoke even was or what was his deal – with we, you know, are they gonna do a book now? We gotta go into the extended universe to get into that. Like that was just so abrupt. That felt like a slap in the face. And then, but, but Joe, we didn't know who the emperor was in the original trilogy. For like thirty years. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, well, yes and no. You knew enough about the emperor from the from the. He wasn't even in the first movie, and you knew right. the emperor dissolved the, the Senate without the Senate Howl's main control through you know through tyranny and force of the Death Star. That tells you that there's a dude, and his name is the Emperor, and you know, you know emperors rule things. There's a dude that rules by force. He just dissolved democracy. That's enough that I need to know. I don't have even that barest of knowledge about Snoke. 
What Supreme Leader yeah, Supreme, Supreme Leader Snoke oh, just but, destroyed the Republic. But I don't what, what, what do you want to know? Well, I don't even understand what the First Order is because we were, we did the last time we saw these guys. These were, these are the first sequels. The last time we saw these guys, they beat the Empire. So where did this first order come from? You know what I mean? Like, did well, they say but, that but in I already. In the episode I, seven? No, they don't. They, they they really kind of, it's the it's remnants. It's, it's they, say that it, they say that the first order rose from the ashes of the empire. Yeah, that's yeah. all they really say. And yeah. and that he's I mean, a massive so and he's a massive force user. It's it's wholly dis. It's just it's just not fulfilling and not in a I'm a fan. I need to be serviced kind of way. Well, in a storytelling way, it's I a rip. It's a rip. Can I make a point that they mentioned that uh, Finn has been raised in the First Order since birth? So that means if he's 20, then the First Order, like there was no Empire for like 10 years, and then the First Order started? Well, they were building up for a long time. I think that was yeah. the suggestion, but it was inferred yeah. by that, is that they've been building and growing in power to the point where they, this is the execution the attack that they did with the Starkiller base. Oh, God, that, that movie loses points for that whole concept. <laughs> but, like, the fact that that existed, they obviously were preparing for a long time to really strike out, and they had been yeah, starting I, to control more and more areas of space. Uh, there's just peace for so little amount of time. I would have liked it if there was a little more. <laughs> well, yeah. like I said earlier, that was a big part of my disappointment. I'm like, oh, so a Force user has space Nazis working for... I've seen this. I feel yeah. like I've seen this before. And, and listen, let me let me be clear. I didn't need Snoke to turn out to be Mace Windu or to turn into anything. I literally just wanted a little bit of, you know, something. You know, you know what like, I wanted. I you know what I you know, like like the emperor, the emperor found me and tra- it was something like uh, I wanted to be Ezra yeah. Bridger. That's what I wanted. Yeah, but oh, it, Ezra oh. Bridger wasn't nine feet tall. Wait a minute. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Well, that was a that was a yeah. projection, and at first, I, and I didn't know how real, tall he was, and that he was an alien until later. I sorry. wanted real it quick, to be wait, wait, I, real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, real quick before I completely forget this point, there was a moment when they were on the um, the salt planet, and they showed one of the generals in the in the rebellion, and he had this long flock of white hair. Did anyone else pray that that was meant to be General Garmbel Ilbis? <laughs> Do you guys wow. know what I'm talking about? You, I think you just out-nerded me on that one, Joe. Yeah. He, was from, he was from the Timothy Zahn trilogy. They introduced him, and he was like an old... Oh. He was one of the old generals oh, that like helped start the rebellion, and then they brought him back. You know, In this case, it was his first introduction, but it was like he had left the rebellion, and he comes back in, and he was a major character in that book, and he, he had that look, this long, flowing yeah. white hair. Dude, that's a deep pull. Oh, man, really I really is. hope that's who yeah. it is, because I got so excited out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a Carmel Elvis. <laughs> oh, I, I I actually thought that, that that character, that moment, like, I was like, oh, there's, uh, who's that? What's going on? What's about to happen? And then it was just like, just to show uh, the director of Rogue One go, eh, salt. You know, I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, another, like, to me, again, like, why I keep saying this, this movie was missed opportunities. Like, it was a beautiful shot, this old guy with long silver hair standing up, not hiding behind the trenches, getting the binoculars out, and then we'd never fucking see him again. I was like, what the fuck was that all about? Like, just to show that you make footprints in the sand that are red and that it's all salt. I don't give a shit. Like, I I got, that was the only thing I think that that scene was important was to make you notice that Luke didn't leave footprints. But Well, um, I don't know about the footprint part, but I, it was definitely to say that it's not snow, that it's salt. Yeah, definitely not snow. Yeah, yeah that, this, this, work, like, this isn't, uh-huh. yeah. There was, yeah, just a moment to say... This isn't snow. Uh-huh. Don't expect it to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
All right. Guys, we're going to start wrapping up. Oz has got to drop, but he's got one question to run past us real quick before he goes. Cool. Yeah, I'm here on the East Coast, so it's getting a little bit late. But um, the one last thing that um, really kind of bothered me uh, about this movie, and it's it has to do with Luke. And I understand, you know, the whole grumpy Luke deal, and he's been on the pl- on the island for you know ever. But it it just didn't seem him when they showed the flashbacks of like what happened between him and Kylo. Uh, it 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 just didn't seem like Luke's character to me. Because I mean, I, I sit here and I think, okay, you know, Darth Vader did some pretty bad things, you know, and he was able to redeem his father Darth Vader and bring him back and you know he's teaching his nephew and he gets this little hint that he's drifting to the dark side and his first instinct is to kill him he's you know dark redeemable but I completely agree it's much worse than a hint of the dark side like he sees basically like the atrocities that Kylo's going to commit yeah, he said that it was like all this indication of it was far more, more than, than just, ever yeah. thought. And then he thought he could just kill it, and then he was ashamed that he was doing it. And then he saw these hurt eyes, and he just felt like it felt like he failed himself and everything. It's clear that he had a lot of hubris going on at that point. Yeah, and it yeah, just, it just I don't, I don't know, it just th- that part kind of just didn't. And I remember reading, and after I saw it, I, I read some some things where uh, I guess apparently Hamill went to Johnson after he read the scripts and said that he disagreed with like basically fundamentally everything that he had in the script about Luke and didn't think that. It, and, yeah. and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of see what he's talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he he didn't agree with that. He had said he made it pretty clear like he's like it's interesting what you're doing. I don't agree with any of it, and I don't think this is what would have happened. But I will say this: just to throw this out, I don't know if you guys agree. Like, Hamill killed it. Like, this was he did. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he he did a great job. He sold it. I mean, he really sold it. I don't know. He was pretty good, and eight is enough. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Ah, that's funny. I would have gone Corvette Summer on that joke. Oh, yeah, that would have that been good too. That would have been good too. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. More movies. Basically, the man deserves more movies. Yes. Well, it's funny you bring up Eight is Enough. Do you want to hear a real quick funny story? And I mean, based from my show's a horror uh, show, um, Kimberly Beck was also on Eight is Enough, the, the pilot with Mark Hamill, uh, prior to Star Wars, obviously. And um, Mark actually asked Kimberly Beck. Said you know, hey, they're they're talking to me about doing this this movie, this this sci-fi movie with lots of creatures and machines and you know all this and that. And uh, he's like, I, I don't really know if I should do it. I, I've got another. He was debating between that and another project. And he said he was kind of leaning towards doing the Star Wars one. And Kimberly Beck was like, I, I, I think that's a real. I think that's a mistake. I think you should. I think you should stick with this. Eight is enough. And he, he chose to go on and do Star Wars and uh, the rest is history. I thought, I thought that was yeah. kind of funny when she, she told me that story when uh, when I'd met her. That's funny. That's funny. Everybody's like, get you some of that Dick Van Patten money. That's what you need. <laughs> get to hang out with Christy McNichol. Oh, my God. We're so old. 
This, that was such a deep dive. Hey, guys. I barely do. <laughs> oh, God. I hey, those of us, one. hey, a lot of us were alive in the 70s and remember TV from that period. We're old. That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Well, I wasn't born until halfway through the 80s, so I... <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing on that. I'm just to be an old crotchety man. I know about TV shows from the 60s. I know about TV shows from the 50s. Yeah, you know what? Robbie's just lazy. That's the problem <laughs> with Canadians. They're polite and they're lazy. That's the problem. Well, maybe it's a, I like the 60s. I don't really like stuff from the 70s that much. What, oh, do you guys not have WKRP? Hold on. Do you not have WKRP in Canada? The 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 TV show. Do you not have that up there? Uh, well, it was still on TV sometimes when I was a kid. I I've seen it before. Uh huh. I know you guys have Thanksgiving right around October tenth. Oh man, you're you're talking WKRP. You're talking <laughs> you're talking to me, man, because you know I'm in the Cincinnati area. I know you are, and as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. It's so funny because I finally got that shirt. There's a, there's a store called Cincy Shirts, and I finally got it. It went on sale. On Black Friday, fifty percent off, and I, I freaking ordered it. And it has the helicopter, and it says, the, you know, the the first annual turkey drop. I mean, it's it's great. That's I, I watch it. I watch it every year. That's, that's, for that's a reference, cool. you could just Google just Google on YouTube WKRP Thanksgiving. You'll find yes. it. Yes. Or or turkey drop. <laughs> yeah. WKRP turkey drop. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Oh it's god. It's worth it. <laughs> Hey, so you notice this time we went for WKRP. Last time Dominic was on, we made Gnort references that nobody in the audience yeah. got. <laughs> yes. It's, I, we all blame Dominic at this point. Yeah. yeah. All, all right. Yeah, I'll take that. Guys, we're getting we're getting up near two hours here, so let's um let's go ahead and start wrapping this. We are going to do another, I'm not we, we, but we Geekish Cast are doing a, a, an additional episode to cover more about Star Wars this weekend. That'll be up next week. Um, but let's do this real quick. Um, Joe, why don't you pick like a, something you would have liked to have seen that would have made this movie go over the top for you? Oh, wow. Something I would have liked. The way to put me on the spot. Something I would have liked to have seen. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen uh, Luke leave the island before he okay. died. I really would have. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. Dominic, how about you? Honestly, same. Luke. I would have liked to have seen Luke made it through the movie and be... Uh, help guide Ray. I, I was hoping to see. I figured that we would see a grumpy Luke from the beginning, but I thought in my own head canon that Ray would be the thing that made him rediscover why he's important and why he's necessary and give him hope. Because he was obviously broken from the temple. He was obviously broken due, due to Ben. I thought she would be the thing. And yeah, she kind of was, but it wasn't really. Not really. Not the way I had hoped. I had hoped that we were going to see a, a pair of Jedi, you know, help trying to help and her being his salvation. And I know she was, but it didn't feel like it the way I wanted it to go. That's what I would say. Yeah. Robbie, how about you? What's something that they could have done that would have put this movie over the top for you? <laughs> well, uh, I would have had a similar sentiment, so we'll put that first for me, but we'll put a pin in it. Uh, the other thing was there was a little rumor about a particular actor was in the area when they were filming this movie. So I was hoping, and I'm sure none of you will agree with me, but I was hoping for uh, a Force ghost possibly talking to Kylo, and that would be Anakin. I really, you know, they've talked about that for uh, The Force Awakens, yeah. for an, a schizophrenic Anakin Force ghost that vacillated between Anakin and Vader. I would have loved to have seen that. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I that, 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 would yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I actually agree. Yeah. I totally agree. That would have been fun. I saw Yoda. I thought maybe it's coming, and but they obviously were staying away from uh, many allusions to the prequels. So. Yeah. Nope. All right. All right. Oz, what's something they could have done for this to get at least the second lightsaber on your score? <laughs> uh, we could have seen the green lightsaber of Luke's. I mean, I, I thought that would have been cool. Um, but as a, as a caveat, uh, I, I think, you know, really seeing Luke, um, I know he, I, I thought he was going to be the reluctant teacher. You know, I, I thought Ray was going to have to win him over, you know, and it was going to be a kind of a gradual thing. Um, but to be honest, I mean, she really kind of did it on her own on the island for the most part, um, with reaching out and talking to, uh, you know, Ren a couple of times, which did anybody else find the high pants kind of creepy? I mean, that kind of weird with, <laughs> yes, a little bit. I yeah. But that was every girl weird. I know, every girl I know is like drooling over him in that scene. So apparently high pants are okay. If you got the pecs and the, the abs to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's uh, you know there there was and, I mean I, I alluded earlier to some other thing you know a Lando in the casino would have been cool but um you know but I'll just all, all right. right yeah I wondered if those pants were holding his gut in from where Chewie shot him oh maybe <laughs> you know they didn't you know now that you mentioned that did, was there any indication of a scar or anything from where I mean because I mean the bow they obviously demonstrated how powerful the bowcaster they was they didn't show it he was never those high pants covered it. Yeah. yeah, those high pants covered it the whole time. And also, uh, and also, it really would have taken place just like a few days earlier. He should have been still more, a little more hurt. You yeah. would think. I mean, he was still, he still had, uh, you know, the medical drug, yeah. you know, taking out the, uh, what is it, the, I guess the the four stitches or something yeah. like that, whatever the hell yeah. those are called. The carbon uh, si- carbon the, steel staples. The back to the band-aid. Back to the band-aid <laughs> he he did have a very hunched over fighting stance. Maybe that was why. Like, I always felt like he kind of like crunched down a lot maybe because his stomach was hurting or something i don't know i don't know that bowcaster flipped some people in the fucking air that thing would have shattered a hip at goddamn least i don't care how strong it would have hurt yeah i just want to uh say one thing here that just popped in my mind um when when you said carbon uh when i saw the movie the movie was just finishing up when we walked when we were about to walk in so this family was coming out and the little boy that was like seven years old was dressed as carbonite Han Solo. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is so cool. Um, Paul, what's something they could have done in here that would have put, put the uh, fifth lightsaber on your chart? Um, I'm going to go a little bit different route because I'm totally okay with everything that happened with Luke. Cause I think uh, if Luke did come back and fight, I think it would have been anything they did would have been, I wouldn't be satisfied like him getting killed by somebody else other than him going out his own way. But that's just neither here nor there. Uh, I, I honestly wish the one thing that's missing for me in this movie is the old aliens and creatures. Like, why can't I see a Rodian? Why can't I see a, T- a Twi'lek? A Grimori? Shit, even an Ewok running around would make me happy. Because like, to me, there's no reason that those aliens can't be in these movies. And, and it's kind of weird, but that's what I, I wish I could see in these new Star Wars movies. Some of those older alien races. So that's probably what would do it. because they're introducing too many damn new animals. I mean, you got the yeah. damn porgs, you got the freaking horses, and then you got the, what, the, the glass fucking 
dogs the running around at the end. I mean, the I, animals I make sense over... because they're they're native to different planets. But these yeah. alien creatures that have space travel, they should be anywhere. Right. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And can we real quick? We didn't mention rest in peace, Admiral Akbar. I feel like just a throwaway Admiral. line. Come on, Admiral Akbar. He warned us yeah. of a trap. He warned us of a trap. He said he said yeah. it long ago. It was it's a, a trap. Somebody said that he, he should have took Holdo's place in that suicide mission. It would have been cooler yeah. if it was Akbar. Oh, yeah. That would have been cooler. The actual yeah. actor, he did die recently, so I see that, like why they wrote him off. Yeah, he, but, he was suffocated in space. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't He couldn't pull the Mary Poppins move. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I would have, I would have loved to have seen in this movie is that uh, Snoke... Turned out to be a gentle Ben era Clint Howard as oh, a little kid, God. <laughs> God. projecting himself into a twenty five foot tall uh, look. You know, oh for fuck's sake! Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that would have been like the coolest thing if it just been like some little dude. You know, <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Hey, that wait a minute! Been. Ron's directing the Han Solo movie, which is a prequel. Maybe Ron, maybe Clint Howard will show up as a young Snoke. Clint Howard, awesome. will, Clint Howard will 100% be in that movie. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. If he's not, I will be disappointed. Me too. Like <laughs> He's going to be a cameo. There's no way he's not going to have a cameo in that movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's going to do because we've just done about two hours on Star Wars, and I'm pretty sure none of us changed each other's mind about anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beautiful part of it and i yeah. have a feeling we could all do another two hours of oh i i hey, joe i have a feeling we just might at some point so <laughs> so let's do this oz if people want to check out uh post-mortem radio where can they find you uh they can find us on the horophilia network it's available on uh, itunes um you can check out us on uh, facebook and uh on twitter at radio post-mortem Awesome. Robbie, besides uh, uh, t- The View from Dog Forever, which is coming back in January, by the way, sorry, everybody, I took several months off from the Corner Gas show, but besides The View from Dog River, where can people find The Legacy of Power? Well, it is also on iTunes, so if you search Legacy of Power, it will come right up, but I am also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Legacy of Power podcast, and since I mentioned it a few times, I may as well also... Advertise, I suppose, my uh, chair or not mine. I'm not the guy that runs it, but the uh, charity slash cosplay Star Wars group I'm in. So if you uh, Facebook search Star Wars Echo 3, you'll see what we're up to. And yeah, it's awesome. Right on. Yeah. Um, Okay. so if if everybody wants to grab a glass of water, I'm going to have Dominic tell us where he can find uh, all his stuff at. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) It's not that bad. It's a a lot of stuff, Dominic. It's a lot. Doesn't he have just like a a promo that you can just throw in there during the editing process? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll make it quick. All right. If you want a commercial. If you want to find out about my band, Tsunami Bomb, you can find us at TsunamiBomb.net. We're going to be playing some shows on the West Coast, San Francisco in February, and we're going to be doing the Pooza Fest in Canada, and I'll be doing a run down the East Coast, so we haven't announced the dates yet. They are coming. Where uh, If you want to check out my podcast, Three Gigs, uh, it's a music podcast talking to musicians and having them tell stories about their first, best, and worst shows of all time. You can find that at Three Gigs Podcast. Cast.com. And if you're interested in my artwork and you want to see all the stuff I draw in between all that, you can find me at thedinosaurfactory.com or dominicdavi.com. 
Nah, it's probably easier to spell the dinosaur factory. Oh, that is he done? Okay, okay. No, that was that was that was pretty succinct. Yeah, that was pretty good. Hey, Joe. Yes. How about Joe on Joe? Joe on Joe. It is available on, on iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast, Stitcher. Well, we're out there. You can go find me on Facebook at Joe and Joe Pod. It's also on Twitter and Instagram. And each week we watch one episode of G.I. Joe Real American Hero and comment on it, Mystery Science Style. So it's a lot of fun. And- I gotta and check that out, man. You, you gotta, you gotta like me on Facebook. And oh, absolutely! Some, you I should. Got, I got should, some podcasts. Great. You should, I, I you love should. the original freaking uh, GI Joe. Well, get on there, man. Strap, you should come on as a guest first of all, and second of all, get ready because we're about to start the Canadian episodes, the DIC stuff. So, oh, okay. It's gonna all be right. quite. It's gonna be quite a trip of, of bad. Yeah, send me a <laughs> send me a Facebook or yeah, I'll, I will I'll definitely come on, man. Sure, so, man. Robbie, Robbie, G.I. Joe was a toy line back in the 1980s. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was on at like 7 in the morning before Power Rangers. So like, oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. All so right. Yeah. While I was waiting I for watch it. I used to watch oh. it before school. And, and like uh, while I was eating my freaking Captain Crunch, eat that and then watch uh, G.I. Joe. And then immediately following was the Transformers. Oh, and yeah. And yeah. that was over, yeah, then I was on to walk to school. Yep. I have all the G.I. Joe comics from Marvel. Yep. Very best. Nice. And Paul, you're um, all you do is like you know join the Air Force and keep us all safe. So yeah, yeah, if people yeah. want to find you, what, what where can they look for you at? Yeah, I don't have I don't do anything really cool like the rest of you guys, but uh, uh, occasionally I tweet at Paul Vera seven nine. You guys want to hit me up? Well, there you go. That's pretty it's cool. Probably classified. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the other stuff's totally classified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, geez. Okay, so you know what? That wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. There was a lot of us, but I think we got through. And 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 for the most part, we all still like each other, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. I love it. Yeah. 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 Was great. Can't to, uh, I made great points. Yeah. I'm going to watch yeah. the movie tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I'm going to have to see it a second time. Now, everybody check us out at geekishcast.com. We tweet from at the geekishcast. I'm on Instagram, but really, I just follow cosplay girls, beer makers, and greyhound owners. That's pretty much it. There's really not much there to see. Um, Weird combo. It really, it really is. Uh, and uh, until next time, bye bye, everybody. <laughs>